Welcome to Spa Academics, Episode 6, The Culture of Management. Hello and welcome to Spa Academics, an interview feature where we catch up with University of Sunderland experts, researchers and academics. Today I'm with Dr. Derek Watson from the Faculty of Business, Law and Tourism. What is it you do for your job here? Well, I prefer, it's almost like a hobby. It, um, I, I feel as though I'm in a very privileged position. Um, but currently, uh, my role is currently carved up in looking after our largest T&E centre in Malaysia, five centres across Malaysia, supervising doctoral students. That is the professional doctorate, doctorate DBA and the traditional PhD. And the remaining section is very much around consultancy within the UK and on a global scale. I read on your profile on the university's website that you're involved in something called the Research Fridays programme. Could you tell me a little bit about what that is? Research Fridays is a very important attribute to our doctoral journey. Quite often when students enrol on the PhD or doctor, of doctoral studies, um, they start off the kind of in a honeymoon period. You know, they enjoy telling people that they're doing a doctorate and they're going to be a doctor at the end of it. Then they settle down to the studies and it can be quite a lonely journey. And what's very important is that they rub shoulders with fellow PhD students so they can um, connect, empathise what they're going through is very similar to what they themselves are going through. So the sessions run every month on a Friday and invariably we select two students to give a presentation on their research and then we then have um, developmental sessions on um, research skills and preparing for your viva, um, literature reviews, structuring your thesis and it's the feedback's very positive from students and it, it tightens that doctoral culture which is led by uh, Professor John Fulton. What would you say to people who are considering doing a doctorate? First of all, I'll start off by saying there are many paths to climb the mountain, the PhD, the doctoral mountain. And having gone through that journey, it's always easy to reflect back at the time. It was quite stressful, but a lot of that is self-imposed stress. When we get applications in to do a doctorate, the fundamental question that we ask is, can you get the data? Because if you can't get the data, you're never going to complete it. And B, what is your perceived uh, contribution to theory and knowledge? So it's very much for students, prospective students, to think about not just what they're studying, what it's going to generate at the end of their doctoral programme. So it's almost like a springboard. So you've really got to think about a, a topic, a theory, that um, may not necessarily be of you know the, the total interest to you, but what you can see, it's a route into a career, either academia or the professional commercial arena. But it's identifying a topic whereby you're going to make a contribution. Now, with that contribution, you don't have to boil the ocean. It can be quite small, but it needs to be a contribution to knowledge and theory. And then you've got to think of your trajectory. Will this topic, because you can spend at least three years full time and up to seven years part time. Will that topic still be in vogue? Will you still be marketable? And this is one of the benefits of the Research Fridays, because it keeps students in tune. The PhD is important as a contribution, but very much it's a launch pad for students to excel in their careers, their professions. And that message really, I you know echo to the undergrads and postgrads. Your degree needs to be enjoyable. You need to attain your degree. But at the end of the day, that is just a piece of paper. That will get you the job interview. And then when you go for a job interview, it's your interpersonal skills, your knowledge, your how you've embraced your university experience that will separate you from the rest of the candidates. What are you currently working on in the university? My area of specialism 
currently is on food safety compliance. So at present, I'm working with the Chinese authorities and Chinese organizations in the food sector, com companies such as Yili, which is, you know, that generates over $100 million um, dollars, um, sterling each year. They are the fifth largest in the world. So it's dealing with large organizations, but also smaller organizations, such as an organization in Panama, Central America, called Suvlas, and working on their food safety compliance processes. And this interaction with live businesses has many benefits. One, it raises my research profile, but also it creates excellent data to write um, journal papers, conferences, and also to feed into the curriculum. So quite often when I'm out there in China or Panama or elsewhere in the world, I'll connect with our students and I'll get the students to ask questions to the client. So it's very much live, exciting, and they can have a key contribution. And we've got some very good impacts regionally. Um, we've had students working for EE as consultants, whereby they went up for a day, and within a day, they were coming back, identifying areas for strategic, tactical, and operational improvement. And some of those have actually been picked up on. So my, what I'm very much tied up in is consultancy at the moment, and that trans transfers into applied research. So how did you get into your chosen field? Not deliberately. It sounds a bit weird. Yes, not deliberately. There wasn't a strategic plan at the time. There certainly is now. But um, I was always mindful. You know, my first degree was in education. Spent four years trained to be a teacher in education and business. And I always, when I graduated, I always found it difficult to get a full-time job at, at a school because they would always select the candidate who was working there part-time. I, I started applying for jobs down London. Um, once again, got rejected on a train coming home to, to the northeast. And I was quite, you know, quite depressed just looking out the window. And this elderly gentleman kept pushing the conversation. And I really wanted to turn around to him and say, will you just enjoy the journey and leave me alone? He got off at Durham. And as he got off, he handed me his business card. And he said, I found your conversation very interesting, which surprised me because I was trying to ignore him. He said, I'd like to invite you to, a, to an interview and come work for my consultancy company. So I took him up on the offer. And I also reflected on never judge a book by its cover. There are always opportunities. So this, this, this gentleman who owned his company, consultancy company, gave me the training to be a consultant. And then I developed, started teaching part-time at universities, and then I received tenureship. So it's a dual projection, really. I've always done education, but I've always been heavily in tune with consultancy. Because I think if you're teaching business, you should be able to practice it. And bringing live case studies into the curriculum is an excellent resource material for students and for myself. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? I've just got back from Malaysia from our graduations for, from our Malaysian centre, SEGI, and the jewel on the crown. And I, you know, I look forward to it every year, graduation, seeing students walk across the stage and getting their certification. Very rewarding. It's time for the quick fire questions. I will ask you five questions and you have five seconds to answer each one. Here we go. What is your favourite food? Spicy. As long as it's hot and spicy. What's your favourite place to visit? Greece. Favourite genre of music? Um, soul. What's your favourite sport? Rugby. And finally, the big question, tea or coffee? Well, in Malaysia, you can have it together, tea and coffee. So I, I recommend your listeners to try that out. It's quite a unique flavour. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, it's a special blend. It was news to me as well. Thank you for listening. Join us next time where we will be bringing you another Spark-Demic. 
Thank you for listening to Sparkademics. This series is produced by Maryam Al-Mahamid and Endurance Edo. Music by Sean Boyle. This episode is presented by Nathaniel Jackson. And a special thanks to our guest, Derek Watson. For more episodes of Sparkademics, visit our website, sparksunderland.com forward slash podcast.